This is now horror season, folks. It is October, and we're bringing you a horror podcast. You guys prefer when we're sticking to our horror movies, I feel like, for the most part. So. Because horror is awesome. Not like that, but if we stay general, then Nick can't help but start but to recommend really weird, unknown, <laughs> silly movies. With like old, what? Old man Tom Lee Jones hunting down Benicio Del, <sighs> Del Toro in an unknown, weird, <laughs> slow movie. <laughs> That was still a good movie, sir. Yes, yes, yes. So, so you say. I think I gave it two stars. I'm, I'm, it was the Freddy vs. Jason of hunting movies. It had a great fight at the end, but everything up to that, trash. Everything up to that was character development. And apparently, according to you, a new character development for me has happened, and I look like Tommy Lee Jones. Actually, I said you look like a mix of Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> If I ever meet that man, I'm going to ask him how he feels about that. <laughs> uh, he's going to be like, if you meet either of them, if you meet either of them, they're going to be like, hey, you're not my son, are you? So, <laughs> I doubt that. They'll be like, paternity test right there. boy, get away from me. <laughs> um, well, I got a more important question for you, Nick. When you were a teen or even a kid, did you ever have any slumber parties? Yes. In fact, remember. I got a... I actually got a funny story here. Okay. Um, I was I was actually almost invited to an all-girl slumber party. This was when I was in high school. I actually looked good. However, I became friends with this one girl, and apparently she she thought I was gay. So she so in writing, creative writing class, she comes up and asks if I wanted to go to a slumber party with her and a, and a couple other girls. I'm like, I would if my girlfriend wouldn't kill me. And that was my exact answer, including the sigh, like, damn it. And then she goes. Oh, you're straight. I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh, I only invited you because I thought you were gay. You weren't going to try anything. That, feel- that's my story of almost going to an all-female slumber party. And, and my wife is now going to kill me once she hears this story. Without giving a whole lot away, uh, Trish is having a slumber party. Because her parents are out of town. Yeah, so what's what makes more sense for an 18-year-old to do? Have a normal slumber party where originally guys were not... Sp- to be invited. I wonder, do you think Trish may have been a lesbian? You know, I don't know. It's really not spelled out. So, one thing I want to mention is this movie was pretty much, for the most part, helmed by women. The director was a woman. The screenwriter not only was also a woman, but was the director at the same time. Uh, I think the producer was also a woman. The only male part in this really was getting funded by Roger Corman and him telling them, they needed to add nudity to the movie. Yeah, apparently the nudity, his request for nudity kept happening at, ongoing as the movie was filming. <laughs> they would get new scenes every day with like more nudity added, and the, actor, the actresses were like, some of them were okay with it, some of them were like, what the hell? So from what I, my understanding is, when they brought, because they've tried multiple other places to get the script, uh, get the money for the script, and finally went to Roger Corman, and he actually liked the idea and said, okay, but... You should know I have a rule of three B's. Blood, boobs, and butt. Wow. Well, that's, that's most horror movies in the 80s, to be fair to be fair to him. that's That was kind of the genre they were in, so. Yeah, but something tells me he it's because he liked the woman body. But uh, that's, that's the main reason why there's a nudity throughout this movie. <coughs> versus what the original script was going to be was just very subtly showing kind of strong female characters... They even made it to where the male characters were still, in a sense, what people like seeing in a man. Someone, yeah, they're kind of stupid in the beginning, but when shit goes down, they're ready to jump in and try to help. The other interesting thing is that originally the script apparently was more of a parody of slasher movies. (laughs) And it was written that way and was shopped around. And when they went to make the movie... They, the studio kind of decided to go ahead, maybe it was Corman or the studio, but they decided to kind of abandon the parody part of it and just film it straightforward. So there's some scenes in the movie that are like kind of left over from the parody part of the script, uh, some comedic moments that really don't fit the movie with how it is right now, because it's like from when the script was more, more comedy in there. So they left a few key pieces that make you feel like, oh yeah, there's some comedy here. But originally it was going to be more comedic, and... They, they took the script and basically turned it more into a straightforward, normal slasher instead of a parody. Uh, so, I didn't find that bit out. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be a straightforward movie anyway, because 
I think at the same time with at least with this, the year being 1982, women still weren't really taken all that seriously in the movie industry unless they were showing their body. Uh, the the fact that this movie was a directed by a woman, written by women, and even produced by a woman, it, I feel like it kind of turned some heads. Yeah, the original screenplay was called Sleepless Nights, and it says she submitted to producers as a parody of teen slasher flicks, but they decided just to film it as if it weren't a parody, and just then they retitled it, of course, Summer Party Massacre. Now, one big compliment on the movie is the score. The score is pretty simple, but it's actually pretty creepy. Like, the music is really good this movie, in my opinion. And also the actor that plays the villain, Russ. He, I don't know what it is about him, but I don't like his face. He has such a punchable and creepy face. He does. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, we're so used to slasher movies where the villain has a mask or is like a monster... So it's it's a hard sell to be like, okay, our villain is just a normal guy. It's like how do you make uses, how do you make a normal guy like scary and creepy just with his, like facial expressions and how he acts? And this dude does a really good job of just like legitimately like seeming like a creep. <laughs> yeah, because uh, was it? He only really has what three or four lines in the whole movie, and that was in one scene. That unfortunately, my copy of this movie. Uh, all of his lines were cut because the audio was cut, <laughs> Mr. Azim. Hey, there's no free lunch around here, so... <laughs> you watch it for free, and that's the consequences of a free copy. So. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see that. Next time, don't torrent your movies off of a Russian site. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, Russia's going to kill us soon. Oh, this is going to get it out. Don't worry. Um... So, yeah, what's, let me see. What's the actor's name? Let me see. Michael Villella, and um, the villain's name is Russ. And online, some, some, some people online call him the Driller Killer, which sounds Yeah, it just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. Are, are you sure they're calling him the Driller Killer? Because I thought that I heard that with the second movie, because I don't think they gave the villain in the second movie a name. Yeah, that's true. Well... Speaking of that, we'll get to that later on, but we definitely got to check out the second movie. It is wild. You just want to see, what was it? I think it was the son of Little Caesars, was it? The yep. son of the guy who made Little Caesars? Yes, indeed. He is a, yeah. he's a crazy villain, though, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, from what, and was it? Uh, wasn't that like his only movie he's ever done, too? Yeah, well, he went to the business, probably, and Owen's like 55 Little Caesars, probably, so probably took over his dad's thing so anyways let's talk about some of these death scenes so so first the telephone woman scene and this scene probably i would have to say is probably the craziest kill scene that this guy did because he did it not only in broad daylight but right after she was talking to our two male characters and you'd think they would have turned around to he- and saw the damn thing moving like crazy that's what's so unsettling is like if they just turned out if they turned on one more time and looked back they would have saw her you know banging on the window pretty much so it was a very like this killer like just establishing that he doesn't really give a damn because that's a bold move as you said and it, you know you know what you know what made me think of um i'm wondering remember uh, randy's death and scream 2 yeah it feels like maybe this inspired that because if they feel very similar um, so maybe think about that, but yeah, that that's actually a crazy, crazy scene. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the school scene, uh, the death in the school. Oh, uh, Linda's death. Yeah, being trapped, uh, being trapped in a school like that feels very creepy, doesn't it? Like, I don't know it why. Feels, but... It's creepy, especially knowing that the person chasing you is coming to kill you because you know he's already got her once. And he, and he runs, too. One thing that's refreshing, I guess, since we've been seeing so much of, uh, we're so used to, like, you know, walking Jason, walking Michael. This dude runs with a drill. He runs at you at top speed. <laughs> like, you really have to run from him. Right. Um, and she, and what's bad is she gets away from her at first up until he notices she's bleeding from under the door. She almost got away. My thing is, if you give me an entire school to work with, I'm not getting caught if I'm in an... If it's me and one person in an entire school, 
there's so many hiding spots there. I'm not getting caught. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for her, I was hoping she would live. So I, I read basically the the actress originally was going to play one of the leads pretty much because they loved her audition. Mm-hmm. But um, she was like a model. So she got she had a modeling appointment in the middle of shooting. So she had to take this smaller part pretty much. But um, she actually, of all the actresses in the movie, she actually is known as like a scream queen because I looked at her IMDb. She's been in over 200 movies after this. Damn. <laughs> she's still in movies now. So she's like, actually. All horror? A lot of them were horror from when I was looking at the, the list. And IMDb, the trivia calls her like future, future scream queen. So Damn. Um, so, yeah, and it's a standout scene. Like, from her acting here, like, she's probably one of the better actresses just from how she sells her fear in the scene. Um, but yeah, the, the kill being off screen though, kind of, kind of irked me a little bit. They just cut away basically. Right. Yeah. Well, 1982 low budget. Roger Corman wanted to see more boobs. I would have thought maybe she got away, but then they show Russ running out (laughs) top speed (laughs) and like, okay, maybe she didn't get away. (laughs) No, but, uh, also, we find out we, we get a small character development with Diane, and that's she can throw a motherfucker. Yep. She let, her boyfriend scares her. She grabs him by the hand, and judo throws him over her shoulder. Yeah, true. Well, you know, we that's should what talk you get when you sneak up on her. We should talk about the girls for a second because the main story here is that you have the girls having a supper party, but on. The side story is that you have the new girl Valerie's moved in town. The other girls don't like her. She's like an outsider. Yeah, I feel like Trish next door. I guess. Yeah. I feel like Trish may have a interest in her in the form of maybe she wants to be friends and wants to get to know her because she is the new girl. Yeah. Or maybe she was going to play some prank on her, and then a Carrie situation happened, and Russ wouldn't have even gotten there in time. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, there's um, there's always got to be like the the bitchy one, the uh, like the Diane, evil, the evil popular bitchy one. Yep. Yep, that's Diane, uh, and she's the one who pretty much. And even though Trish does invite Valerie, Valerie, after overhearing Diane, says, "No, I have to babysit my little sister." Yeah. Who's fourteen fucking years old? She can babysit her damn self. That's not an <laughs> excuse, lady. It's it's hard to write a fourteen year old because it's like how adult do you make them and how like young do you make them in terms of how they act and what they say? That's tough. So I'm not. I wasn't a fourteen year old female. As what? But uh, I do got a question. Are you you sure you weren't? Uh, I'm sure, but I do got a question. Maybe I'm just a weird one. But when I was fourteen, I don't remember being that horny. Uh, 14? Nah, for me, 15 was a, the start of that. So. <laughs> right, but I don't remember being that horny at 14. Not like this girl. Like, damn. What? She has an oversized libido at this point. Uh, to be fair, because all females made the movie, I'm going to give them the benefit, benefit of the doubt that they know what they're talking about. I kind of um, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 like, um, I like Valerie and her sister because I feel like... With the with the girls at the summer party, it's really hard to root for any of them. Except, least, uh, I feel with Valerie and the little sister, you kind of at least have something to hold on to in terms of likable protagonist, I guess. I mean, Trish was likable to an extent. I guess, but I, I never um, I never bought into her as like the main character or like somebody that's worth anything. Yeah, character-wise, one thing this movie definitely wanted to do was try to make all of our characters that we follow likable to an extent so you kind of feel something for them like even though diane was bitchy you could definitely tell she has she definitely cares for her for her friends and cares for her boyfriend yeah they at least they the characters have more personality than like a typical you know friday 13th movie or like a lot there's definitely more characters more personality than a lot of slasher movies you, you see where you know, people are like one-note characters, so they do a good job of giving each girl something about their personality that stands out, I guess. Um, so, yeah, they're, I mean, they feel like real, they've, 
they feel like real people, which is the best thing you could say, pretty much. They don't feel like, um, you know, they feel like genuine people living their lives. Yeah, but uh, there is one thing I just have to say. It's about the neighbor character. For one... Creepy. Very. Like, why the hell are you inside a girl's house knowing full well her parents are gone? I understand that you told them you you would keep an eye on them, but uh, they're 18 years old. Or at least Trish is. Do you really need to take care of an adult? Right. Another thing is, why are you walking into your neighbor's house without so much as knocking? Granted, there's a few. I have a few gripes about <laughs> the, this kind of thing a little later on, so I may, there may be a reason for that. But uh, yes, the reason is that the '80s were a very different time period. <laughs> but another, and another thing is, if you're going to try and make a red herring, please don't show us the killer immediately. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like he was supposed to be red herring, but you've already shown us the killer. You, we've already seen his face. Yeah, the problem is with the with the death scenes they had, the school one and then the van one. I don't know if there's any way to do that without revealing what he looks like, especially the school one where he's like it's a full on chase scene. I don't know if there's any way to do that, like in a way where you don't reveal who he is. Oh yeah, especially since this guy doesn't wear a mask, but. Still, I just. So you it felt just like, feels weird so that they made a red like, herring. You felt like the neighbor was a red herring, or was supposed to. I, yeah, because they made him way too creepy. This is probably the only male character in this movie that's. I I actually wanted to punch in the face besides our killer. <laughs> yeah, he. That or he maybe was he was of, a pedophile for all we know. He was. He was out of place, and maybe. Maybe the killer did the world a favor by killing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. By the way, Russ is in the house. Russ is in the house. The man is. And then he uh, leaves the house. Then he's in the house. Then he leaves the house. And he's. Th- this guy. Did, did you feel? He like, loves playing with his victims. Did you feel like Russ had a little bit of horportation going on? Not really, just because the amount of time it takes for him to be able, from when we see him outside, see him inside, see him outside. The amount of time it takes, it feels like, no, there's really not. Well, okay. Yeah, to be fair, he always manages they he does mostly reasonably move about. Like there's nothing like that's unbelievable. He's like, you know, on the top of the roof and then suddenly in the house. Mostly it's all yeah. pretty pretty reasonable, I'd say. Yeah, and also this movie does a pretty good job of kind of showing us that certain situations are happening that allows him to be able to move freely the way he does. Like Diane not lock not shutting and locking the garage door after letting her boyfriend in there yeah though i don't know how they would not have seen him open the garage door but that's besides the point <laughs> yeah and you know of course boys always crash slumber parties apparently so uh, apparently um what about diane's death should we talk about that uh her boyfriend gets decapitated and then she sees this big long throbbing thing coming towards her which kills her <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about how you describe that, but so the reason I described it that way is because I actually, I, I, we all know I watched the Dead Meat show, and he actually did a kill count on this movie, and he met and he shows a little behind the scene thing showing that the director and writer purposely made it seem that way because for a young like. 15, 16 year old girl who's maybe never had sex before, even though it's implied Diane has, uh, is not used to uh, phallic objects coming near them. Hmm, I see what you're saying. It was, uh, there was a deeper meaning behind the whole drill thing. Yes. The drill will be the death of you. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, I'll say this I do like a lot of the death scenes. I like what happens to the guys that crash the party. Well, Cause yeah, because... They, they almost got away. Well, one of them... Well, one of them didn't almost get away. Jeff, he uh, goes through the garage, gets stabbed through the door, and then when Russ realizes the other guy, Neil, is running for the neighbor's house, he goes and just mutilates him. Now, 
Speaking of Diane's and Neil's death, this is where I have issues with some of the uh, these characters' hearings. I have issues with your creaky old woman door. Or <laughs> sounds like a an old woman like a, doing like knitting a sweater and like a, a chair that's about to break that was built in nineteen. 19- 70 or 1772. Well, let's hope not because I was sitting this almost every day. Anyway, so we, so with Diane's death, she notices Russ standing in front of the door and she starts honking on the door, car horn. But apparently, a blender can drown out the sound of a car horn. Hey, man. In a garage. I believe it, man. That's right next to the kitchen. I mean, hey, they're making some mean smoothies, so. Also, uh, who watches movies so loud that you cannot hear someone banging on the door directly in the room next to you? (laughs) Surround sound, baby. To the point. I know it's the 80s, but she has quite the, 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 the setup there. But yet her little sister, who's right upstairs, can't hear it? That's a little bit much, probably. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, there, there's pretty much two deaths right there that uh, I feel like they still could have easily happened because I doubt Valerie would have went out to try and help Neil while she's watching him get stabbed. I doubt that, at least not right away. Mm-hmm. She would have been thinking more along the lines of lock all the doors so her and her sister are safe. Yeah, true. But, uh, the the and of course, even if they heard the car horn, they went out there to see, uh, Something tells me those girls would have ran right back in that house. I agree. Probably so. So the deaths are still plausible. It's just I don't like how they made it to where the characters don't know what the fuck just happened. Yeah, they had to kind of kind of bend some logical rules here to make them work. So. By the way, pizza dude dead. And hats off to Jackie for not ignoring her hunger, even though there's a dead body there. She eats the pizza right off the dead body. Why is the pizza so crunchy? <laughs> no, have you ever had a crun- a pizza so crunchy you can hear the crunch other than thin crust? I have not. Or thin and crispy, sorry. But still that sh- that no. Hell no. I just thought it was funny that she ate the pizza. I was laughing when I first saw that. Right on the dead body nonetheless. But that's the remnants of like <laughs> you can see where okay, that was probably in the parody version of the script. Because that's clearly out of tone with like the rest of this movie being kind of serious. There's certain moments that are more comedic. Um, so, sp- speaking of Jackie, why the hell <laughs> does she go and open the door and get her throat slit? Because she Jackie. was probably the only character in this movie to act legitimately panic. All the other characters throughout the, at least the ones in the slumber party, are actually trying to stay calm so they can survive the night. When they realize what's going on. Jackie, when she thinks that they're safe, then lets the panic set in. She opens the door and boom. I thought the whole point of her eating the pizza was to calm her ass down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently it gives you panic. Post pizza, she should have been more chill. I don't understand. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, if you know the colors outside, you running to the front door and opening it. It's probably one of the the dumbest death scenes in terms of a character throwing themselves to the slaughter I've ever seen. so. So here's another question for you. How horny do you got to be to go over to a party you were not invited to in hopes of seeing something? I don't know. Pretty pretty, pretty, pretty much, yeah. I mean, because that's literally what Courtney does. She walks over to the party she wasn't invited to, Val wasn't invited to, and she just goes over to the house like, Hey, can I join? Y'all sound like you're having fun. You know, technically, I, I feel like Valerie was sort of invited. She was. She just declined to go, but I think... Trish yeah, because she heard what her. Diane said better. Yeah, well, Diane's dead now, so she can she can come to the party. Yeah, but, well, Val does. She goes over to the house, obviously, to look for the little sister. The little sister says, I think something's wrong, so Val decides to check it out. And, and this, is, uh, this is what I'll say is, like, um, this is what I meant earlier, though, because when they come over there, and they're, like, at the, they're on the outside of the home... I'm actually worrying about their characters because I know the killer's outside also. No, so, no, the killer got inside at that point. No, but at one point, though, 
she's walking by and they show the killer in the bushes. Uh, so he is out there at that time when they first come to the house they're outside they show him in the bushes watching her so you're kind of like at that point I'm like mm, they could kill them off and it wouldn't surprise me so I was kind of worried for him yeah because to be honest with you I guarantee you a lot of people expected Trish to be like the only survivor Ugh. Why? but uh so I do got a question for you so now uh we got damn Kim and Trish in a room. The killer goes into the room through the window and then kills Kim because Trish decided to be inactive of killing the killer. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, when you have the killer down, you got to give the final blow. And then also, if you don't get the final blow, never turn your back on the killer. It's just just stupid. So that so. so we have established Trish is the reason why Kim is dead. Yes. Well, I mean, technically, because Trish threw this party, she's the reason that all her friends are dead. <laughs> like, well, who, who, I mean, look, I'm not saying she's the king of bad timing, but who throws a summer party when there's a killer on the loose? I know they don't. Especially since maybe this movie, throughout the whole, like, first act, literally states that there's a killer on the loose, at, like, two or three times. Multiple times she's listening to either the news or it's on the newspaper. Well, not only that, but I mean, is the killer like the first couple people killed? Did he, did he take the bodies or, or what? Because, you know, uh, he took the bodies. But he, he ran out of the school though. Well, uh, just remember how there was actually another scene where, when he was pulling, I think it was Jeff's body over to the car. He was hiding oh, the bodies right. in the car. And yeah. now, granted, he mentioned only four people, and that's you know Jeff Neal them but he could have done something to Linda and the telephone woman's body as well before he left the school yeah, how many damn bodies were able to fit in that car <laughs> the biggest truck well, I've ever seen so either way Kim is our first casualty of Trish not finishing off the killer when she actually could have all you had to, she had the bat she knocked him down beat him in the face a couple of times he won't be getting back up fuck you Trish um so then we get to the fact that Valerie and Courtney decide to go into a person's house <laughs> that they were not invited in. So it's technically breaking and entering. And then we get this. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Courtney constantly opening up the door and Kim's <laughs> body just sitting there. That was <laughs> funny. That's clearly from the, again, from the, from the parody side of things for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, but it's also out of place because the movie is now more serious instead of a parody. It, it, it It's funny, but yeah, I agree. It's kind of out of place a little bit. I I wish it leaned more into the comedy because there's like a great like horror comedy inside this movie if they leaned into it more. But uh, it's kind of uneven because they have these very serious scenes and then a few hints of the comedy. Yep, so, uh, the, so now... Val and Courtney now know what the hell's going on. They hide. And the teacher shows up and also just nonchalantly walks into the house. Why does everyone walking into a house that they are technically not allowed in? I, I don't know because <laughs> Valerie has this line of like, there's nobody here. Let's go lock up the house and go back home. It's like, lock up the house? What? That's not your house. What the hell? That made no sense. Like, I I know they needed a reason to get them in the house, but that just made no sense. And also, technically, how would Val know that the door was even unlocked in the first place? Because when she first went, walked the entire house, all the doors were locked. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> so ah. why would she think that the doors are unlocked now? It's not like she knows that there's a killer killing them in that house. Yeah, this ending is all over the place. <laughs> like, that, now the teacher just walks right on in. She, I don't even think she knocks. She just walks in. Uh, and also, for some reason, Russ decides to... Uh, I guess he knew she was coming. He has a sixth sense because he just wraps himself <laughs> in the blanket. Okay. When he when he lays down, a, that's one of the more original things I've never seen. <laughs> the killer playing dead on the ground. And then... I mean, it works, but I'm like, she, it's really creepy. She literally just pulls it up, and he's just staring at her. It's like, <laughs> uh. There's, 
it's an interesting ending because like yeah you have you have uh courtney basically under the couch or whatever um wherever she is and then you have kind of all the females are kind of split up throughout the house and the poor teacher is coming to check on the students has to like get in this freaking like I don't want to call it a knife fight, but whatever this, whatever you want to call this with the killer. I mean, uh, here, here's another thing. And you say Val, you said, you know, compared to the rest of these girls, Val is smart. Um, I'm going to argue on why Val is not smart. You're telling me, because I'm literally looking at the, the tool area that she's grabbing stuff off of. I clearly see a couple of sharp objects on the wall, like a saw. Mm-hmm. Her first reaction is to grab a table saw that you need plugged in, mm. run up the stairs, and then because of the the line, falls back down the damn stairs. I know that's probably part of the parody now that you mention it. Yeah. Because that I could see where that's funny. Why is all the parody happening at the end? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But, but then she comes at him with a machete. So not to Jason. This is like before Jason, though, so never mind. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, I gotta say, before, before she got the machete, Trish comes back out, stabs the killer, who stabs Russ, and instead of stabbing him more times to, you know, make sure he's dead, she breaks down and starts crying, and then the killer kills the teacher. <laughs> Can we at least acknowledge that Valerie's smarter than Trish? <laughs> <laughs> How? <laughs> I'm not saying smart in general, but smarter than Trish is all I'm saying. So all we know, all I know is now there are two dead bodies because Trish, I guess, didn't want to kill somebody. Worst host ever. I'm not going, her, <laughs> I'm not going to any of her parties. So then we get this semi fight where apparently a machete is sharp enough to cut through a what looks like a three or four inch thick steel drill. That was pretty symbolic, though. It was like taking away his power, cutting off his drill. Cutting off his dick. I mean, what? <laughs> Again, it was, uh, it was symbolic. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. Just, just like Diane's death. It made me cringe, so. <laughs> I, I guess technically Jeff's death was a uh, nod to the fact that I guess Russ is, must be bisexual. He kills, Russ, he kills Jeff really the same way he kills Diane. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, yeah. So, so all we know about this killer is he's an equal opportunist. And we also know he's dead meat. Well, he so he gets slashed in the gut and then falls in a pool. Okay, cool. And then we get this pseudo mini slap fight. Yep. Where he gets on top of Val, starts slapping her. Courtney jumps in. He backhands her. Trish comes in, and I think he backhands her too, and then finally Val takes the machete and what does Val do with that machete? It stabs him with it when he falls on her. Yep. Uh and then we get Trish sitting in the corner crying. You get Courtney crying. You get Val crying, and I'm just thinking to myself, uh, I'm hoping those are tears of joy that y'all survived the night yeah. instead of, oh my gosh, I killed somebody. Yeah, I mean, odds were they were probably going to be dead, so they're very lucky. And all their friends are dead, but <laughs> besides the point, I mean, I guess Trish... Their friends are deader than dead. Yeah, well, Valerie didn't like any of them anyway, so... Yeah, fair. Um, so... Oh, the movie just ends right there. You know, actually, I was reading <laughs> the alternate title for the movie is called Don't Open the Door. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, well, Jackie, she messed that one up. Yeah. A lot of doors opening in this movie, so don't open the door would have been funny. Uh, I didn't realize how short the movie is. It's actually only an hour and 17 minutes. Yeah. To be honest with you, when I saw that, at first I was thinking to myself, shit, there's something cut out of this movie. Yeah, it's, because... called, it's called audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it. There was, especially the ending. Holy fuck. You lose audio like every... Every 10 minutes, you'll lose about five minutes of audio at the end. Yeah, especially during there's some really tense scenes there where you need the audio. So, um, I mean, to be fair, Linda's scene, at, at first, if they if it actually cut the audio at a certain point, I would have thought that was intentional. Well, I, yeah, if there's one scene that they cut out intentionally, the, thing, the truth is that would have been very creepy. 
because you'd have wondered like, wait, why'd they do that? It would have been right, and then because I don't know about you, but my audio didn't come back on until Linda starts screaming. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I I fast forwarded for a second because I was like trying to figure out like, is it the movie? Is it the thing? So I forwarded a little bit and came back to it. I noticed that. Um, yeah, I mean. The movie probably, I mean, even though it's short, I mean, I can't think of anything else they could have done. I mean, there's enough with the characters. You really don't need any more. I mean, it's about as long as it needs to be, I guess, right? So More phallic symbols, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. More of, I mean, who else wants, to, seriously, I felt uncomfortable every single time Courtney was on because she's, she's supposed to be 14 years old. She's constantly in her gym uniform. Does she not shower when she got home? Well, so do you know that in the sequel, that follows actually Courtney's character as she's older? Yeah, I, I know, because I saw the kill count for that, too. She's older, and unfortunately, apparently Val went insane as in like an institution by the time the second one starts. So, uh, And I think it was also kind of implied that she gets killed by the killer of the second one. I think it, if I remember correctly, I believe it's implied. It's not shown because you mean really the Courtney, really the killer freaking comes out of Courtney's dreams in this in the second movie. Dude, the second one was wild. It is like they just went crazy in the second one. They didn't. They were. <laughs> it's hard to describe that one. Um, anyway, so how about we get to our categories because we're not doing the second one. All right. Yet. Agreed. Um, all right. Best performance. I mean, first thing that comes to mind is Russ uh, for me, but just because it, it's hard to pull off a, a creepy villain with no mask, nothing to rely upon except your actual acting ability. I'd be scared if I ran into the streets because just how he talks <laughs> and how he looks. So. I didn't get to hear how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> my audio cut out the minute he started talking and actually that was where the audio cut out for the rest of the movie for me hmm. well even the ending cut out for you because yeah the very ending came back for me at the very end so. it didn't come back for me literally once he started talking the audio cut out and it was like that the entire rest of the movie my first thoughts to give it to Russ among the girls I mean I like Val I like Linda you know, uh, Diane was okay with what she did with her character for the short time she was there. So, I was not a big fan of Trish. Let's be honest. For some reason, I did not connect with her. Oh, and Courtney he, was fine also. Well, what's weird is Trish is really our main character. Val was just—I feel like Val was something that was added later on. Yeah. But uh, Val's be, more relatable because she's an outsider, though. She's like the new From, girl, so she's a little more relatable than Trish, who's like the popular girl. Well, for me, I have to give it to Diane because she she actually has a character arc. To be honest with you, she goes she starts off bitchy and someone you don't want to like, and then as the story progresses, sure, this is probably just her character already, but as the story progresses, you see that she does care for her friends and she does care for her boyfriend. So I have to give it. So I actually give it to Diane just because she does have a slight character development. That's fair. I think she did a great. I think she did do a, a solid job. And if anything, they should have maybe kept her around longer. All right, and at least had one of the virgin characters die by the long, throbbing, uh, slow descent into death. Please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Worst performance. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because everyone really did their job. Uh, uh, I have to give it to... I'm giving it to the damn neighbor. Not because he was bad, but because he was probably a little too good at it. <laughs> if that I, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, like... Um, you're right. I wonder what was the point of, like, making him, like, red herringish, like, creepy-like... We already know he's not the killer, so what was the point for him not to be just, like, a likable neighbor? It, it made me think that he was going to, like, the killer was going to kill him while he was trying to attack one of the girls. That's what made me feel like was going to happen. Yeah. 
Well, I'm cool. I'm cool with going with the neighbor because, yeah, I can't really. None of the girls stood out to me as being bad in the movie, so I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, the neighbor also. Or better yet, or an, another optional choice would be Jackie because who eats a pizza on a dead body and why is that pizza crunchy? <laughs> also, who eats a pizza when it was already crushed by the dead body? Yeah, yeah, Jackie, and not only that, but who who runs and opens the front door <laughs> knowing the color's outside? Or you can give it to the pizza guy, because be honest, I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, obviously, he must not have died at the door. So I'm assuming he died coming up to the house. Yep, fair. At least at least Jackie didn't die with an empty stomach. So. <laughs> well, I mean, she only took, what, one bite of that pizza? Yeah, it must have been not that good. Well, it was crushed by a dead body, and it was crunchy. And there's no ranch. Fuck ranch. No one likes ranch. Hot sauce. Everybody likes ranch. Hot sauce. Texas Pete. Frank's Red Hot. My own personal hot sauce mix. Oh, double hot. (laughs) That one will clear your sinuses. Yeah, that one. uh, That was wrong. That one sounds rough. So. Anyway, I can't eat it no more. Yeah. Um. Best scene. It's not going to the ending scene for me. It's got to go to Linda's death scene. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it. If the whole movie took place in the empty school, that would have been fun. Imagine them all trapped in the school, locked up, just like the doors are chained, and he's just like stalking them throughout the school. That would have been fun. But then, but then we wouldn't have gotten the amount of nudities that Roger Corman wanted. That's true. There was no way to make that work, right? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Linda's death scene also. It's just, uh, you get a fun chase there. It's creepy. The score adds kind of a dark ambiance to it. The fact that she gets, she gets stabbed and she's bleeding all over the place. And also, this is really the first time you actually see the killer's face is during this chasing. And you can definitely tell he's honed in on trying to get this girl. Yeah. Good point. He's a dirty bastard. Uh, I got a easy choice for my worst scene the ending nope it's the girls playing basketball because they didn't look like they knew what they were doing at all <laughs> well not many people can be as uh good at basketball as you sir but um if it wasn't for the basketball scene we wouldn't have gotten the 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 uh the shower scene well yeah i just mean specifically which is the only reason why we got the basketball scene i'm sorry the basketball scene, the shower scene, they did they didn't add anything you could to add, the movie. You could add just the shower scene without the basketball scene. I guess the basketball scene was to show that Val They're athletic. Val, Val was a better athlete than the rest of them, I guess. But Yeah, but what did that shower or basketball scene really tell us? Nothing. It didn't add to the story, didn't add to any characters. Well listen, you have to ask Roger Corman what the <laughs> what the purpose of that was. <laughs> I mean, we know what the purpose of it was. The minute that we entered that shower scene, we saw what the purpose was. Uh, some eighties TNA, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not. Be honest, I'm not complaining. I, I like TNA. I was gonna say, is that your worst scene? Because you haven't given your worst scene yet. That's the basketball scene. Yeah, I just thought it was pointless. I mean, as much as I, I like nudity, I love the female body, but uh, we don't need gratuitous bullshit nudity I'd rather something that makes some makes sense to the story and to the movie yeah that was pretty gratuitous and pretty much just like the like, nudity for the sake of nudity and not with any any purpose like the nudity during the whole actual slumber party where they're changing that could makes sense to the condition considering the fact that at that point we're technically following the guys spying on the girls it's not right. I'm not saying it's right, but that makes more sense us getting nudity there versus why the hell are we watching these girls take a shower? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get it. I was, uh, it was kind of a turnoff, but it's like, um, hey, it's the 80s, so what can you mm. do? So. Yeah, fair. Okay, so what would you like to change in the movie? Hmm. Can we kill Trish and just let Diane live? Because I kind of wonder what other, uh, growth she would have had had she stayed alive because she was growing the practically the whole movie 
Plus, she flipped her boyfriend, who is bigger than the killer. I'm wondering what she would have done had she stayed alive. Well, not only that, but think about this. They set up a bit of um, a clash between Diane and Val. If they have to work together at the end, that's a lot more interesting, isn't it? Since they're like yeah. starting out the movie kind of hating each other. So if they work together at the end, it's a lot more interesting than Val and Trish working together, I guess. Yeah, that, that definitely would have been. Yeah. Or hell, call, call off Val and just have uh, Diane and Courtney work together. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. You could if you killed off all the slumber party characters and then had Val and Courtney come to the house. I feel like that actually also works very well. Because you really don't need Trish at the end, since you now have Val, you have the teacher come, you have Courtney. You don't need all those survivors. Well, we we had three survivors. <laughs> Well, it's too, too many, so, in my opinion. <laughs> You're right. Val and Courtney should have died and just leave, and Trish should have died and Diane lived. And the teacher, maybe. Poor teacher. Uh, yeah, teacher. the teacher. Well, yeah, she she actually beats the bag. At, well, I guess, with Courtney's help. She, Courtney did trip him. But why didn't the teacher stab him? She had the fireplace poker. I don't know. People in the 80s apparently were very bad at finishing the job. So I see that. And and they say our generation doesn't get shit done. <laughs> yeah, this killer got lucky like seven times that <laughs> everybody was in, everybody was incompetent. All right, well, what's your overall thoughts, my good sir? Well, you know, this movie came out in 1982, so I'm with the older movies like that. At that point, at the time, this is very original because. This is like before every slasher movie in the world had came out. So looking back on it, it's an interesting movie. It's a pretty fun movie for the most part. Um, I would have liked it to lean more in the comedy because it, the comedy is so spare. Like it's there, like little pieces, but then the movie until itself, the end. Yeah, and the movie itself is a little bit too serious. So then the comedy doesn't make sense with a serious tone. Um, so I would have liked a more of a full blown horror comedy. Um, but that's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say probably maybe two and a half stars. I feel like it's it's watchable. Like I said, nobody really does a bad job acting-wise. Um, the killer is pretty memorable for the most part. Um, given he's just a guy, <laughs> they, they, he gets a lot of miles out of just being like a guy with no special features. Um, yeah, I'm going to go like two and a half stars. I feel like it's... Uh, I mean, it's a decent 80s slasher. There's really nothing wrong with it. Um, but nothing that kind of elevates it to like being like a classic or like like a great movie. So I'm going to be kind and say two and a half stars. Well, I did like the character. I did like the characters. At least the acting was really good. I like some of the characters. I like how it was written, all the subtlety with uh, a lot of things. Um, and also... The fact that this movie was made in the eight, in the 80s is the only reason why it's kind of different compared to the others because it was almost fully female helmed. That's true. Now Nowadays, if this movie was made, which technically it was, there was a remake of this, uh, being fully female made isn't, isn't or really shouldn't be a surprise anymore. But overall... I like the score. For a slasher movie, though, it's pretty interesting for a slasher movie. You usually don't see yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, I like the score of it. The score adds to the ambience of the movie, adds to the dark grittiness. The only thing I wish is that the... Because I feel like a lot of the comedy comes in at, around the end. And if you were going to do have comedy in it, it should have been throughout the movie. It should not have been just a certain part where I get the feeling y'all already filmed this part before deciding to turn it into a straight horror. Yeah. So they should have also refilmed this ending so that way it also wasn't, it was a straight horror. Because I agree with you. It's either it needs to be straight horror or it needs to be horror comedy. Yeah. Uh, I don't really see that much rewatchability in this one per se. I'll pro maybe once every blue moon, or if you, or if you see it on TV, because TV will give you the main points without all the gratuitousness of the bullshit. Yeah, true. 
So overall, I'm actually going to go lower and give it a two. Still a decent movie. I still enjoyed it. Probably not going to watch it again because apparently there's no audio, Mr. Vic. <laughs> well, I would say there should be some rewatchability for you because you can watch it for the first time with actual audio <laughs> when you find a good copy of it. <laughs> so watch at least one more time with audio. <laughs> maybe if I find like a whole uh, pack that has all of them in it, maybe. That's, it's probably on Tubi. Probably. <laughs> I should have checked that first, actually. I now not I think a, about it. Well, apparently not. My PS4 won't stay connected to the internet. Uh, I actually... um. Spoiler alert, but if we ever do the second one, I honestly think you'll probably end up liking the second one more than this one, honestly. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I do see us doing the second one at some point. Something tells me we're not doing the third. The There's a remake from last year also. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about when I was giving my ratings. But I've actually heard that one's actually pretty... Um, what's the word? Uh, good to the original source. So, gotcha. I may I may check it out at some point if I ever find it. Because I've actually heard it's pretty decent for a remake. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll try it. There's also, there's kind of a spinoff. Not a spinoff, but there's one that's called, I guess, Sorority House Massacre. And apparently it's so, like loosely tied to this somehow. So, there's a Sorority House Massacre. I think there's one called like, uh, oh, fuck. Well, there's another one called... Either way, there's actually a lot of takes on Massacre when it comes to something like this. You got Sorority House. I think another one was like Cheerleader Massacre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of movies that technically <laughs> take this formula, but none of them has, to my knowledge, has done it as good. Yeah, good point. Well, I'll say this, folks. If you ever have a slumber party... And then make sure you have good pizza and not frozen, crunchy pizza. Also, any redheads having a slumber party? Don't invite me. My wife will kill me. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it for this week, folks. All month we're doing horror, so we'll be back with another horror episode next week. And, uh... and as always, if you have to watch Halloween movies, start. you can go ahead and start yourself off nice and light. You got Hocus Pocus. I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer also takes place in Halloween, around Halloween as well. Uh, maybe. We'll say so. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, we'll, we'll just say so. So you can watch those two first. You know, start yourself nice and soft and then gradually get yourself to more and more horror-themed horror movies like Halloween, Terrifier, Hellfest, all those fun things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take it. Start off gently. Maybe watch Tremors. That's a good... A good light one to start off with. Yeah, but that's not really Halloween. You want something Halloween. It's October. Yeah, but it's in a town called Perfection. 